Love you, Frank. Um, I listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, Amen. this is not come to church, have three songs, communion, have a message, go home. I, I just like Holy Spirit. How do you how do you want things to proceed? Amen. And you know, last night it was uh, kind of funny. Um, getting ready to go to sleep. I'm laying there in bed nine thirty, and Lori's coming in, and uh, I say, Lori. With a smile on my face, I don't have a message yet for tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, she said, I, I'm not worried. I know, I know Holy Spirit will give you something. And I wasn't worried either. You know what? I have hundreds and hundreds of messages. And I could just open up the Word of God and I can speak and I can preach, you know. But I don't, want, I don't do that. I wait till he downloads a message to me. And at that time at 930, I didn't, I didn't have it. But after meditating and praying for about 30 more minutes then you came to bed yep. or was it after that i think i woke you up you did. i did i woke yeah. her up because she came in and she went to bed but you know i was still up and i was making some noise and i'm like i can't believe you went to sleep already you know and I, she went uh, um I'm not, I'm not sleeping <laughs> i'm not sleeping not anymore so i said it happened it came he gave me a message, and I started sharing it with her. And I said, "I said, w w what do you think?" She went, "Oh, wow!" So I, I hope it. Go back to sleep. Good. <laughs> and, and then, and then I woke up, and you know, he just kept putting it. He put it more together. He kept putting it more together. So, you know, this is from the Holy Spirit, and uh, I pray that it blesses you. And Father, I thank you that it's going to find open ears that go right down to the inner man. And that that word planted in them is going to produce 30, 60, and 100-fold fruit. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be looking at, if you have your Bibles or if you have your uh, tablets or whatever, um, however you look at the Bible, the Word of God, um, we're going to be looking at a familiar portion of Scripture. And we're going to be talking about faith. It's great. It's funny because... The Lord sent Enoch to us today, and, and God gave me a definition of faith from Enoch because he said, look, faith is simply walking in agreement with God. And that's why Enoch is in that great, that great chapter, that great faith chapter, because he walked with God. And, uh, you know, that's a kind of a confirmation that my message on faith today is from him because he sent me Enoch. That's awesome. That is wonderful. You know that? That's amazing. That's great. So we're going, to be, we're going to be looking at a familiar, por familiar portion of Scripture. We're not going to be worshiping until much later, so you can sit if you want. Thank you. That's our IT person. <laughs> so um, it's from Mark chapter 11. We know Mark chapter 11. That's that famous faith chapter. In fact, um, if you uh, are aware of the teachings at all of Kenneth, Kenneth Hagin, he's known for Mark chapter 11, verse 24. In fact, they call it, they, they used to call that verse Kenneth Hagin 1124, you know, because he made it famous. But we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. We're not going to be starting from the beginning and work our, working our way down. We're going to be starting from verse 24 and working our way up. And um, doing that doesn't do any damage to the context, but I believe it gives a little bit more clarity. And so we're going to look at the first verse we're going to look at and I've used a combination of um, uh, translations. I've used the Passion Translation. I've used the King James Version. 
and I also used um, Young's literal translation because I, I like to find versions that that s say more clearly what was actually meant to be said or meant to be heard or meant to be understood. So that's why I, I use the various uh, different translations. But in Mark chapter eleven twenty four, it says, "This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe." For whatever you ask for in prayer, be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. All right, that's verse 24. Be convinced and it will be yours. Be convinced and it will be yours. You know, it seems there's many a time when we understand what the word convinced means. And we're convinced. And it doesn't matter that we're wrong. We're convinced. Like the other day, I bought a stock. And I was convinced it was going to go up. But it never did. It went down. But you know what? Nina, I was so convinced. So convinced that I held on to it even though it started going down. And guess what? No, it kept going down. Don't you know it's going to crash? Yeah, and I got rid of it after I lost the money. But the power of being convinced. Convinced. How many people at the beginning of the year, oh, I'm glad you wore that shirt. Yeah. How many people at the beginning of the year were convinced? I, I know without a shadow of a doubt the Yankees are going to the playoffs this year. I am convinced the Yankees are going to win the World Series this year. I am convinced I'm going to get me a shirt. I'm going to get me a hat. You know, I'm going to get me a lanyard. I'm putting bumper stickers on my car. And you're still, it's halfway through the season. It's not looking good. I'm convinced. Now there's only one month left, and I'm, I'm convinced. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. What place are they in, brother? Last, Last place. They're like 20 games out of first place. They're bad. Yeah, there they are. But you know what? We're convinced. And it's amazing because you know what we're convinced of now? The Jets are going to the playoffs. The Jets are going to, and the Jets, they could even make it to the big game. We're convinced of that. We're convinced of that. We're till the first game of the season, you know, but we're convinced. And, and we'll log on and we're going to buy tickets and, and we're going to get seats and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pay adulterous amounts of money, just, you know, whatever. But when we're convinced, there's a difference in our walk, in our talk, in our step. And see, this is what this word convince is talking about. Be convinced. I know that I know that I know that I know. Amen. I have what I prayed for. And it says, and it's yours. Mm, okay. So now we move up to verse 23. It's good so far, right? I could just stop, right? I could just stop right there. It's pretty good. Convinced. 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 I'm convinced that my wife loves me. And you know what? I'm convinced that God loves me. You know? And when you're convinced, yes. then it's easy to know that what you pray for is already yours. Amen. So now we move back up to Mark 
chapter 11, verse 23. Listen to you. This is the truth I speak to you. Wow, this is the truth I speak to you. Now, because you're convinced, all right? Now we're moving, we're moving backward. Because you're convinced, I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain, with great faith, having no doubt, why? Because he's convinced. Mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believe that what he says will happen, it will be done. Hallelujah. I remember there was one night, there was one night I had a dream. And I had a dream, you know, where, where, where it's been told that we're seated at the right hand of the God, of God, right hand of the Father with Jesus. So, so I believe I was sitting, right? I was sitting. And uh, the funny thing was my feet were on solid ground, right? As I'm sitting to the right, right hand of Jesus. But there was nothing there. It was, it, maybe it was crystal that you can actually see through. But, but then what happened was I'm looking down, right? And I seen like a little speck of dust. And I looked at it and I said, Jesus, is that my mountain? And I looked, right? And I didn't see his face because it was just white, white and bright. But I felt him nod, yes. So what I was able to do, I was able to reach through whatever that floor was made out of crystal, whatever, and get my finger down to that speck of dust, boom, and I just flicked it away. And you see, this is what the scripture is talking about. When you are convinced, convinced of his love, convinced by his love, convinced in his word, convinced by faith, then you can flick that mountain away. Okay, you flick it away. Now, this says faith. Here's, here's where the challenge comes in. You can't create faith. If you say, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, why? Because I have faith, right? That's not faith. You determining you saying you have faith. I have faith. What are you telling me? I don't have faith? I have faith. I quit my job. God didn't tell you to do that, right? I stopped taking my medication. God didn't tell you to do that either yet. But I have faith. Well, that's not faith. That's called mental assent. Let's look at what the Bible says about faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith, faith is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointing utterances about the Christ. See, faith is not something that you determine you have or you try to muster up. Faith is something that is birthed from within where Christ is where the Holy Spirit is, where he's been deposited. It come, it's birthed from within when we hear utterances about the Christ, the anointed one and the anointing. This is Romans chapter 10, verse 17. That's the faith that flicks your mouth in a way. It comes from 
the hearing about the Christ. And it's birthed. And then it goes on to say, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, listen to this. This only would I share with you, or I ask you, have you received the Holy Spirit by your own works, by your own doing, by adhering to the law? Have you received this precious gift of the power of the Holy Spirit by what you've done or by what you've determined or any kind of work or effort that you've put in? And then it goes on to say, or by the hearing of faith. By the hearing. By the hearing. By the hearing. And then he goes on to say in verse 5, he, therefore, that ministers to you the Spirit, he, therefore, that has given you the Spirit, that same power that raised Christ from the dead, he, therefore, right, that has worketh miracles among you. How many of us want miracles? We want to see miracles. I know many of us have seen miracles, right? So it goes. He, therefore, that ministered to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, Again, did he do it by works of your own effort? By your own determination? By your own self-effort? Or by the hearing of faith? You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing about the utterances about the Christ, about Jesus. That's the only faith comes. That's the only faith. It's the only way faith comes. And not only does it come from that, it comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the first part of the verse. It says, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who births within us faith, which leads us forward into faith's perfection. That's where faith is birthed, the faith to move mountains. That's where the convincing comes from. Hearing about Jesus. Seeing Jesus. All right? Now remember that. That's going to become very important later on. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. We all know this. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that none of yourselves, what does it say? It is a gift. Faith is not something you can muster up. Faith is not something that you can just determine, I'm going to walk in faith. No. Faith is a gift from God. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. It is not a mental determination of something that you decide you have. It is birth from within. It is birth because we hear about the Christ. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit that has been planted within us. So now remember, it says, as we go on, because now we just did verse 23, okay? Now we're going to go to verse 22. And Jesus answering said to them, I know a lot of your scriptures from your translations say, have faith in God. Right? It's not what it says. That's why I used Young's literal, literal translation for this verse. 
And Jesus answered and said to them, Have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. Now, if you have a King James Version with, with the uh, column in the middle, you'll see um, in that middle section where it says, many manuscripts say, faith of God. Well, then why didn't you just put that there? You know why? Because man doesn't believe you can have the faith of God. So now, if they got man believing, believing that you can't have the faith of God, then what is man going to do? Man's going to try to create their own faith with their own believing. But now when Jesus says, have the faith of God, that's Jesus telling me, I can have God faith. Well, how do I know? Because he gave me the Holy Spirit. He planted within me his faith. It was a gift. It came at born again. Jesus knew that. Have faith of God. Ooh, have faith of God. Then I can say to this mountain, and then I know I'm completely convinced that whatever I ask for is already mine. That's awesome. This version? Young's literal translation. 1122. Mark. Mark 1122. We're in Mark right now. Okay? So now, that's awesome. So now from, from Mark 1122... We go to Mark chapter 11, verse 20 and 21. And I hope this is going to make sense. Is it making sense so far? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Hmm. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou curseth, is withered away. Now remember the verse after this says, have the faith of God. Now Jesus is going to show us what the faith of God was. What I don't like about what some preachers preach on this, and I'm not going to mention any names, is they like to mention the fact that when Jesus cursed the fig tree, that it didn't immediately die. That it was, it was dead from the roofs. And it took time. So, so I believe this is part of the traditions of men that make the word of God of none effect. Because now they plant within you, oh, it's dead and it's gone and it's, it's, it's happened. But, but they plant within you that it's going to take time to come about. Mm-hmm. Am I right or wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They remove the suddenly. They remove the instantly. And when I study Christ and when I look at Christ... And when I look at the miracles, I only see suddenly and instantly. And right here, right now. So keep that in mind as we're seeing this. Because this is really important. This is why I'm going backwards. And it says, look, look, Lord. Look, Jesus. Look, Master, the fig tree which you curseth is withered away. Now, it's been about a day or so since they were back in that spot. This is why many people say, you see, you know, it was cursed from the root and it took time. No. Okay, we're not going to go there. We're going to go with what Pastor Lenny believes, okay? Here we go. Now we go to Mark chapter 11, verse 12 and 14. The next day, as they left Bethany, Jesus was feeling hungry. I guess feeling hungry is okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. He noticed 
a leafy fig tree in the distance. So he walked over to see if there was any fruit on it. But there was none, only leaves. See, now I don't get this part that our Bibles add. For it wasn't yet the season for bearing figs. Jesus spoke to that fig tree saying, No one will ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples overheard him. The faith of God. He spoke to it. He was convinced on his words. He believed. But you know what happened? I don't believe that Jesus cursed it, right? Now, we're not going to talk about should it have had figs or shouldn't it have had figs or did it have the nubs and could you eat the nubs. That's not what's important here right now. What's important here right now is what I believe took place. They're on their way to Jerusalem. You follow what I'm saying? We know that for a fact. They're on their way to Jerusalem. And on their way to Jerusalem, Jesus is hungry. Because after this verse, they're, they're found in Jerusalem. This is where he overturns the tables, you know, at the temple. And, you know, he gets righteously, you know, in, 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 in righteous anger. You've turned my father's house into a den of, you know, trading and thieves and whatever. So that happens right after this. So they're on their way. So they're on their way. So he curses the fig tree. Now, do you think that as they're on their way, because they're anxious to get to Jerusalem, and, and they're talking about Jerusalem, and they know what's ahead of them in Jerusalem, that they're all like this? Looking at the fig tree? No! no. It doesn't make any sense. And what doesn't make any sense was, is that, okay, Jesus starts going, and, and, and wait a second, they're not, they're not following him, they're standing there watching the fig tree. No. No, I don't believe that. So that's why it was when they came back, it was, you know, it was withered. So what I believe happened is an example here of what we should do when we're in the faith that is birthed, that springs up from God, when we're speaking with the voice of God from what God has revealed to us, when we're convinced and we believe we have it, It's already ours. What's the sign of that? I believe the sign of that is what Jesus did. He cursed it. He spoke to it. He believed it. He had the faith of God. And what did he do? He turned his back on it and walked away. Come on, that's good, guys. That's good, guys. So many times we're not turning our back on it and walking away. Do you know what that's indicating? Not the faith of God. That was birthed from God. See, when I had my cancer, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, the doctors told me 2% chance you're going to survive. You know, come on, there's moments, guys. There's moments when I, you know, started thinking about, do I write a letter to my kids? telling them what I think about them now while, while, I, I, while I'm coherent in my brain. You know, before, before you know, I, I might go into hospice and I can no longer talk or communicate or whatever. Should I start writing those letters now? Should I write letters to my grandbabies and let them know how much I love them, even though I know they're going to grow up and they're probably going to forget Grandpa? Mm -hmm. 
I started thinking about those things, you know. Thank God I didn't let them take root. I started thinking about my wife. Lord, I got 30 more years with her. Lord, this can't be, you know. But I got my, 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 my word, the word of God, and I put the, the verses all over the place. And I started using my authority, right? We, we have authority. And I'm not saying not to use it. We have authority, and there's times when I've used it. Okay? I have my authority. You know, what else? I believe in, you know, man, I'm believing. I'm, I put every single verse on healing. Right, Lori? It was all over the place. But I didn't hear that voice yet. I didn't hear that voice yet. So what I did was I started worshiping Jesus, and I started praising Jesus, and I put my mind on Jesus, and I, I took my mind. I turned my back on what the doctor said. I put my mind on Jesus. I fixed my eyes on Jesus. I started praising and worshiping him, and then my word came. Amen. That word came to me that said, you will live and you will not die. Amen. Amen. You will not miss a service. Many of you weren't here for that, but I didn't miss a service. You were here for that. And I didn't miss, I didn't miss a, uh, a Karis Bible study school day. That's true. I, and he said, proceed with peace. And I was in total peace. And here, 2% chance of survival, that's not what Jesus had in mind. Right. But you see, I wasn't convinced. I really wasn't. And I could have... I could have said, I believe, I believe, and I could have had all the faith. I could say, I have all the faith, you know. But until I put my eyes on Jesus, until I put my ears on Jesus, that faith, that's birth, would not come and could not come. And once that faith comes, then you could speak to your mountain. Then you can flick it away. Then you're convinced that you're convinced that you're convinced. <coughs> Making sense so far? Yes. Yes. The faith of God that's birthed from within, from God, is convinced. It speaks. Then it turns and walks away, knowing it was done. The best avenue for birthing faith. The best avenue for birthing the faith of God. Here we go. Look at this, guys. I know you all know what this is. I've only been preaching for, for 28 minutes, so that's all right. We'll just leave that. We'll get it later. All right, here we go. I'm going to put that on the floor. I'm going to put this here. Oh, man, it's got so many protecting devices. I guess you can tell I've never used it. All right. This is, this is us most of the time. We're looking through our, pro our, our problems. Whoa, oh, my gosh, they're so big. Oh my gosh, how can I stand against that? How can I go against that? Oh, I'm going to have faith. Oh, I have faith. Oh, I have faith. Oh, I have faith. Oh, I have faith. You ever look through binoculars? Mm -hmm. You can see for 100 yards. Wow, look how beautiful my wife is. Magnified 100 times. Oh my gosh. Woo! But you see, the best avenue for birthing faith, the birth, the faith of God, Right? It's turning it around. Oh my gosh, you guys are so puny and little and tiny now. Oh, I ain't afraid of no doctor's reports. Amen. Look how tiny and, and insignificant it is. Look how big my God is. 
So, the best avenue for birthing the faith of God, binoculars, is through praise and worship. Praise and worship. Because when you praise and worship God, you are looking at him. You are looking at things through his eyes. And, and you're like, are they still there? Look how small and insignificant they are. Because you see how big and how mighty and how great your God is. And as you're thanking and praising God, real faith becomes birthed from within you. And then you become convinced. And then you can speak. And then you know that it's yours. Now yesterday, Andrew shared a verse. Andrew Womack. Um, I love him. He's, he's, my, he's one of my mentors. I, I, uh, I direct one of his, his Bible colleges, his extension schools here. So we were listening to him on a live stream, and he shared a verse. And it says, I will praise the name of God with a song, and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's what we're going to do, guys. That's why we preached first, because now you know as we praise and worship and glorify God, as we praise and uplift and exalt the name of Jesus, your listening ears, your eyes of faith are going to become finely tuned and real faith is going to be birthed. And you're going to be convinced that what you believe and what you speak, you will have. Amen? Amen. But there's one other verse my eyes were drawn to after Andrew was done because I'm a grace man, right? So I'm a grace man, so I have to make sure it's all about grace. And it was amazing that the very next verse said this. This also is what pleases the Lord. It pleases the Lord better than an ox or a bull that has horns and hoofs. And what that is talking about is your praise and your thanksgiving means so much more than your doing and your striving and your thinking you have to offer or you thinking that you have to make sacrifice or your thinking you have to do. Jesus Christ has done it all. Period. We qualify because of faith in Jesus Christ. So now we're going to allow that faith to be birthed to spring forth from within because I know, I know we all have those things we've been asking for in prayer and we yet yes. haven't seen them come. They're on their way. Today might be that day.